everyone, I'm Rosanna, and this is AFL Obsessed. So I know we've talked quite a bit about the AFL, but there is a whole community of people I'm discovering who know about the sport and play here in the States. And I didn't learn about the US AFL until a few months ago and was really excited to check out a game at the end of March before things kind of took a turn. So I'm looking forward to supporting when sport comes back. And I've been excited to have another American perspective on the game. So I'd like to introduce a friend of the podcast, Brian Barish, who is the U.S. AFL media manager and who also hosts the podcast Marks and Stripes. So welcome, Brian. Thanks, Rosanna. I'm excited to be here. Thanks. How are you doing right now? (laughs) I mean, I'm living the dream. Sounds good. Um, You know, I've been looking forward to picking your footy brain for some time. So if you don't mind, I'll just jump right into my questions. Well, yeah, I'm I'm all about jumping. I'm not very good at it, but I I like jumping (laughs) into questions. That's the only thing I'm good at. (laughs) Perfect. Or like conclusions. I feel like I like jumping to those sometimes. Uh, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, (laughs) I'm a a Viking when it comes to that. (laughs) (laughs) I know that you like, um, you're like a big punisher like me. So I just feel free to just like throw that in there at any (laughs) point. I'm always so tickled by them. So what was your first exposure to Aussie rules and your initial impression of the game, if you don't mind sharing with listeners? Oh, absolutely. So I remember seeing the game very briefly in a cable, uh, like a like a TV sports documentary in 1991, uh, but that was very brief. They literally maybe had it for about 10 seconds, uh, and then it was gone from my life forever. Until about four years later, uh, I was in. I think I was in eighth or ninth grade. It was 1995. And I came home from school one day, and I always had this uh, this routine where I would the hour or so I had before I did homework, I would sit in front of my TV and I would eat my snacks and I would flip the channels around. And one of the channels, in fact, it was Sports Channel USA, which is long gone, used to show at three o'clock on, I want to say it was Thursday or Friday afternoons, this hour long uh, highlight show of the AFL. And the first time I saw it, you know, I'd, I'd seen rugby when I was a kid and I loved rugby and I was very into soccer, which wasn't that prevalent on, on TV at that point in time. Um, but I, and I saw it and it's like, this is different and they talk funny and they run funny and they've got the, <laughs> they've got the umpires with the lab coats and the fedoras and they're doing the finger guns. And I, I fell in love with it immediately. I said, this is something completely different than anything I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, and it was enough to where in the, you know, I, I would watch it every week and in subsequent years when the internet became more prevalent, uh, that I was able to follow it. Like once I went off to college and, and whatnot, and, and, uh, I've been hooked ever since. So I've been, I've been following the AFL for about a quarter of a century now. Oh my gosh. Wow. I'm so envious of your childhood because it sounds pretty idyllic to me um, getting to just have access to that because we had disparate childhoods, I think. I mean, in like a sports sense, but mm-hmm. um, I, but very, very similar impressions, I think, because I just had like a craving for like, oh my gosh, where can I find more of this? Please yeah. like, um, and thank God for technology, like even now, you know? Yeah. So 
Um, do you have an AFL team you barrack for? I'm just curious. I do. So I'm a Hawthorne Hawks fan. And and the, honestly, the reason is purely just because I played the team that I played for in Philadelphia was the Philadelphia Hawks. And, and uh, my first year was 2008. And that was the year that uh, they came up against Geelong in the grand final. And Geelong had only lost one game all season. And they smashed them in that grand final. Uh, yes. And we there was a whole bunch of us, and I think a lot of us had adopted the Hawks as our as our team at that point. Um, and uh, you know, the grand, we're sitting here at a bar in Philly at three o'clock in the morning, uh, watching uh, Buddy Franklin and uh, Chance Bateman and all those guys go just go absolutely nuts over beating the defending champions and and. You know, everybody thought the Cats were going to be the premiers that year. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was, I think, the moment that I became a fan of them. I have a soft spot for the Fremantle Dockers because the year before, which was the first year that I went to the Hawks grand final party, I ran into a to a a young lady who um, we got to talking and I said, you know, the Fremantle Dockers have my favorite jumper. And she said, well, I'm from Perth and I'm a Docker supporter. I'm going back home for the holidays. If you promise to barrack for the Dockers, I will buy you a oh Docker jumper. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love and, it. And I still have it. It's in my closet. I haven't been able to fit into it for maybe about four or five <laughs> years, but I still have it. I thought you were going to tell me maybe you wear it like under your Hawthorne gear or something just like secretly <laughs> for you. <laughs> well, you know, it's, well, you know, it's funny in 2013, they played each other in the grand final. Yes. And I actually wore my my Hawks I'm sorry I wore my Dockers jumper but I wore a, a Hawks scarf and a Hawks I think I had my Hawks beanie on as well to the grand final party I got so many confused looks it was <laughs> They were like, he must be confused, but you're like, no, I'm very much, I'm, I'm okay with that. You know I'm what? I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so many Americans tuned in a few weeks ago. I know you were really like kind of almost a central part of that in the US when they actually showed some round one AFL games mm-hmm. on FS1 and a lot of sports starved Americans were like tuning in, including some heavy hitters like Pat McAfee. I know his name keeps getting thrown around and he got really into it and you guys actually sent him a Sharon, because I remember his shout out to the USAFL. So, I mean, what were your thoughts on like that time period, like that moment in time? I know we have the pandemic, but still being able to like have access to that. Yeah, I, you know, I'm of two minds about them even playing at that point because, and and even now, if you look at the numbers, I know that they, it's it's a different situation over there. I mean, they're they're kind of like where we are, where they're slowly thinking about getting back to normal. But at the time, uh, you know, we didn't know that there was this disparate difference. So the fact that they even went forward, I think you know, I, I didn't necessarily agree with, but on the other hand, as somebody who has been working to try and grow the game here and now, you know, the realization that this game was going to be on so many, you know, American eyeballs, uh, that were, were starved for live sports because of everything that had been going on for the last, you know, at that point for the last couple of weeks, um, it was an opportunity that I think we needed to seize upon. And so I, it actually began, you know, the, they had the first game of the round on Thursday night and uh, Thursday night, Australia time. Uh, the first bounce was four thirty in the morning and I set an alarm <laughs> and I was up, I was up tweeting at people just seeing who was talking about it. Um, and, and you have to understand Rosanna is that it, uh, up until this point, um, you know, the general, 
uh, I guess, configuration on, from a television point of view is that they only showed one game a week on Fox Sports 2, not even Fox Sports 1. They haven't showed a, a game on a regular basis on Fox Sports 1 in about three years. Wow. But there's one game on Fox Sports 2, which is maybe in about 10 or 15 percent of 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 basic cable setups and then you have fox soccer plus which is a 15 dollar a month subscription um and uh so the game wasn't terribly visible but now you're you know it's going to be on essentially 90 percent of the tvs or will be accessible to 90 percent of the tvs um and normally again i i look forward to having the fox sports 2 because games because that's how i know that there's going to be the chance that there's going to be interaction uh and yeah. twitter as you know is such is such a dynamic platform uh, that you can instantly reach out to somebody. They'll get back to you. Very few people, uh, you know, hide what they're saying and not like Facebook where there's different privacy settings. So <laughs> it's, it, it, it was insane. And like I said, it began on Thursday and then, uh, you know, they had the one game on, on Friday, which I, I don't think was on, uh, I think was originally supposed to be planned to be on Fox sports, uh, on, on either Fox sports two or Fox soccer plus it was so long ago. I don't remember. Um, but I knew that they had the double header on Saturday night. Uh, and I, I was up. I I did stay up until the second game ended at about four oh my thirty goodness. or five o'clock in the morning. And, and, but, and normally what I do is I go through and I'm searching, you know, I'm looking through certain terms on Twitter to see who's talking about it so I can interact and reach out. But it was to the point where I didn't have to do that after a while because you were people, getting bombarded. <laughs> oh, people were retweeting me and people. I mean, it was it was it was. It, it was one of those where it was a great problem to have because I couldn't keep up with it. But at the same time, I knew people were talking about it and people were spreading the word that, that, that we, you know, not only Americans, but also we got a lot of uh, attention from Australia because I don't know that very many people over there know that there is a U.S. football league and that, and that, uh, you know, we've been around for as long as we have. Yes, I, I definitely agree with that. So I know that there's 46 teams and more than 2000 players. I think mm -hmm. that that's definitely something that I didn't know either until very recently. And I wish I would have known before because then I could have, you know, supported the team here. Um, because there's one very close to me um, in New York, the New York Magpies. And it's really funny because I do barrack for a team, so a different one um, in the AFL. So it'll be really interesting when it comes to like, I don't know if I can actually put a magpie anything on my body, but um, that's like, you know, that's a whole other thing. But well, well, yeah. well the, the rule that I follow is is I'm a Philadelphia sports, stand, sports fan through and through. And I actually have some good friends who are on the New York Magpies just from even my playing days. And um, Drea Casillas, who was the president of the of the Magpies uh, and was the uh, driving force behind the women's program, not just in New York, but for the women's program across the USAFL, uh, was for a time she was a secretary on the USAFL executive board, and she is one of the two people that helped me get this position as media manager. So, you know, the I, I'm I do not like the New York sports teams at all, but I will make an exception for the Magpies. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Um, yeah. Well, so what is your background in sports? Because I, I was curious, you kind of touched on it, but how did you get the opportunity and decide to play? So I, so I mentioned the, the grand final night in 2007 was the first year that I had been there. I had known that there was a USAFL, uh, 
that there was a league, that there were teams, that there was a team in Philadelphia. But um, my background in, in sports playing was not very good. Um, I... I was never a very good athlete. As much as I love sports, I was always like the last kid picked in the intramural leagues and all that other stuff. Um, and and playing, honestly, you know, as a kid, I didn't really have very good sports experience because when you're not good, it's uh, uh, kids kids are, can be mean, and 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 so that kind of turned me off of playing. Um, but uh, you know, I I had followed the I, I knew that the Hawks existed. I had followed the Hawks and. Um, in 2007, you know, we knew that this grand final party was happening and I asked my wife who was very, very nice cause it was her birthday. And so she came out to the grand final night, uh, on her birthday, um, oh my to goodness. this bar with, you know, and we were, we were at an Applebee's in, in, in Philly, um, which I thought was random, but okay. Um, but we're sitting there and uh, we, you know, we paid the $10 or whatever it was, which goes, went to the club and we found a booth. And we're just sitting there. It's two hours before the game starts. And one by one, players from the Hawks started coming up and introducing themselves and saying, you know, hi, how are you? You know, who are you? How did you find out about <laughs> us and all this other stuff? And, and how do you know about Aussie rules? And I said, you know, I've been following it for 10 years. And so we go back and forth and and. Every one of them had asked me, you know, you should really consider coming out and playing next year. And I said, well, I'm not a very good athlete. And my dad says I run like a pregnant giraffe. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry <laughs> I, I said to laugh I would at be, that. I would be, no, no, that's I'm fine. I'm laughing with um, you. I not at you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's okay. I'm not laughing, not laughing at you. I'm laughing near you. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but the thing is, again, not, you know, not very good. And I'm looking at some of these guys that are playing and they're like these big strapping young, young athletic dudes. And, 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 you know, I'm a 125 pound weakling. And they said, no, listen, we don't care. You know, you, you, you obviously like the game. We need more people like you. And we don't care if we have to teach you how to kick or we have to teach you how to run or whatever, come out next year. Um, so I was going back and forth and the season started and I thought, well, you know, I'm probably not going to do this. So this is now we're into May of 2008. And um, I just happened to have a Saturday free and I was on their mailing list and I saw that they had a Metro game that Saturday morning at FDR Park, which is down near where the stadiums are in South Philly. And a Metro game is essentially a nine versus nine game. It's it's uh, a, a glorified intramural scrimmage, but we keep statistics and there's bragging like there's intra-squad bragging rights. So I got on the subway, I went down there. I show up. I didn't have cleats. I'm wearing tennis shoes. I'm wearing gym shorts. And I stood off to the side and, and I'm watching these guys run around and, and this hairy, thin gentleman comes over to me and he introduces himself as John Loring. I'm John Loring. I'm the head coach of the Hawks. How you doing? He said, are you here to play footy? And I could have said no, because all in my mind is I'm looking at these guys and I'm like, I'm going to die. This is how I'm going to die if I say yes. Um, but I said yes. And and uh, he said good. And he pointed to a bunch of guys wearing these ratty Geelong jumpers and said, you see those guys? Go learn their names because in 10 minutes you're going to be playing with them. And okay. next thing you know, I'm running. They're introducing themselves. Good eye, Brian. How you going? You know, so uh, we're running around. Um, and then I'm just about ready to start. And they said, listen, um, you know, the rules, right? I said, yeah, yeah. They said, well, we need somebody to go umpire. So I did that for the first half of the game and I had never done it before, but again, I'd watched enough of the game and I, to, to know what was happening. And then they threw me in, in the second half and, um, 
again, I was like, I'm not wearing goggles. I'm wearing my glasses. They're my only pair. I hope I don't break them. I hope I don't break any bones. <laughs> and five seconds into the game, I see the ball. I run after it. And I look up, and there's this short dude, uh, Mike DeMeo, who's since become a really good friend. He's running at me, and he goes to roll a shoulder into me. I'm like, he's going to shoulder me, isn't he? And he throws <laughs> this elbow into my uh, in, into my stomach. And I couldn't breathe for about two seconds. And I thought, okay, I haven't died. I'm good. <laughs> I can oh keep gosh. doing this. So, so anyway, so we end the game and uh, we warm down. We're cooling down. I'm back over on the sideline, warming up, uh, warming down, and, and getting dressed. And John, the coach, comes over and says, "So, Barish, uh, what do you, what did you think of the game?" I said, "Oh yeah, I had a great time. Thank you so much." He said, "Good. Listen, what are you doing in three weeks?" I said, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that I have any plans. Why? He goes, well, um, our first game of the season is in Raleigh, North Carolina. We're going to rent a bus and drive down there. It's an eight hour bus ride, but we're going to go down for the weekend. You want to come? I said to watch. He goes, no dummy. You're on to play. (laughs) I was like, I was like, don't I have to try out for the team or something? He goes, all right, here's the tryout. Do you want to play? I go, yeah. (laughs) He says, you're on the team. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I, oh, I loved picturing all of that. And just you goal umping that, that would be so amazing. But also you just like seeing the ball and running after it and then just getting like knocked. Um, I I, I was like, I, I, at some point I'm going to need to learn how to, how to do this. But I remember even going the, the, that was on the Saturday. I remember going out, I think the following Wednesday to my first training and, you know, 80% of it was running and I was completely out of shape. And I, I thought on at least three separate occasions, I was like, I, what am I doing here? I'm going to slink off. I'm going to try and sneak out. But (laughs) to the credit of the Hawks. And I, and I think this is a, this is an experience that in my time, just being around the different teams um, is been replicated is that they have been incredibly supportive. They were, they were like, listen, we'll, we'll, you know, stay with it. We'll teach you how to kick, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get you. So where you're a productive part of the team. And, 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 you know, that positivity has always been there. Like that. I, even now, you know, I'm, I still volunteer for them, even though I work for the league, but I'll still go back and, and umpire games for them and, and, and just be around them. They, are a very positive bunch. They're they're very welcoming, and and most clubs around the USAFL are like that. And that's what that's what kept me coming back, not just as a player player, but as a as a media manager. Oh, I really love that story. I think I think what kind of touches us all and like connects all of us is just that sense of community that I keep feeling, just even from starting a podcast, but having like a footy interest overall. So that's just really nice. And I'm I'm excited to kind of explore, you know, a little bit more about the US side of things too, because it's so accessible, you know, and um, just, I'm just really looking forward to like sports coming back in general. Um, <laughs> we, but, we all are. And I think especially yeah. <laughs> us in the U S especially us in the USAFL community, because I mean, obviously we'd be, you know, a month or so into our season, we would just be getting in, you know, a lot of teams do those Metro scrimmages in April and May. And, and this is right around the time that I know a, a lot of teams had games scheduled. We had our regional championship scheduled for next month. They've, they've been canceled, unfortunately. Uh, but the, the hope is, is that we'll have some tournaments, some some local three-way uh, tournaments happening in, in different places as we lead up to the national championships, which again, you know, hopefully we'll be able to do that. Uh, that's happening in October in uh, Southern California. I think I'm feeling optimistic about that. I mean, I know it's May, but mm-hmm. you know, I think hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Well, you've touched on a little bit about this, but how did you therefore like transition into the media space? So I've always wanted to be, I've always wanted to do this and um, I, I kind of got sidetracked. So I, growing up, I watched a lot of sports and uh, you know, the, the, biggest uh part of the experience when you watch sports on tv is the announcers and the and the broadcasters and i'm lucky in philadelphia that i got to grow up with uh you know harry callis doing the phillies games gene hart doing the flyers games mike emmerich is another one um and uh, merrill reese who did the eagles this is merrill reese let's go (laughs) you know and, and just 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 guys who are really good at their job and who also were very um I think just well liked and not just for what they do or, you know, what, how they were professionally, but just people who are very personable and also people that were very involved in the community and, and in the growth of, of their respective sports. Um, so I had always wanted to do that when I was a kid. I used to call play by play for my Nintendo games when I was maybe like nine, ten years old, and I really, I really wanted to do that when I got older. And you know, when I I went into college originally, that's what I was going to do. The problem is, is you know, you get to college, and you know, I'm I'm away from home for the first time, and it and it uh, anxiety kind of took over and I had to take a step back and I eventually went into, uh, it, you know, something completely different. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so I had this career going with NIT. I always had a passion to do it, but I didn't really have an outlet. Um, and, uh, with the Hawks though, I did get the opportunity, you know, social media was just coming into, its existence as a as an important tool. Uh, so I created our Facebook page for the Hawks. I created the Twitter account as well. And they asked me to do write-ups for the website. So I started to do that. A lot of that got picked up by the uh, um, by the national site because there really wasn't a whole lot coming out of the league. So they were using some of my articles and whatnot. Um, and as I had gotten, you know, as as I had been getting deeper into playing, uh, you know, I looked around and I thought, you know, I never in my wildest dreams that I think I would be part of a national program. Uh, you know, the, the, I mean, it was a little bit smaller at the time. It was, you know, we're talking 30, 35 clubs, but you know, I didn't, I didn't treat it as an insular experience. Some of the guys, they didn't, you know, didn't want to have anything to do with any of the other teams or making friends anywhere else. But to me, like I wanted to know some of the men and women on some of the other teams and just get their thoughts of their experience and and just understand, like, where does my team fall in the middle of this? Um, and so that's where my interest had first come up with it. And, and uh, you know, I would you know, I was looking at a lot of the stories that were being written by the teams and, um, you know, that would just be one sided, you know, uh, you know, if it was, let's say the Hawks, well, they would just write about the Hawks players and not the other one. I was, I would reach out to the other teams and try and get some names so that they would be included as well. So I did that for about three or four years and it would have been about 2014. And and by this time I was co-hosting a, a soccer podcast uh, called the soccer desk. And, um, in addition to doing that, I was also writing stories for that. Uh, it, it was my first real experience at being a member, a member of the press and being a journalist. Uh, and it's something that I always wanted to try. I wasn't doing play by play yet, but I thought this was, this was pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but um, but uh, I, I mentioned uh, uh, Drea in New York, Mike Shepard in Boston, who were both on the board and who had become very good friends because you know the Eastern teams play each other a lot, and I knew the two of them. Um, and by that time, also I had been working with Bill Robert up at Stateside Footy. Um, I had always wanted to broadcast USAFL games because there was no broadcasts, and then Bill came along in yes. uh, 2010, and and I remember being annoyed for about like four seconds because I wanted to be the first one to broadcast <laughs> games. I was like, who is this jabroni? But as it turns out, Bill, Bill has become a really good friend and he gave me my first opportunity before I had gotten involved on the media side at 2012. Um, you know, he had been in the lead up to nationals. He said, listen, um, I could, you know, we're, we're going to do the women's championship and we're going to do all these games. I would love to have you on to do, to do commentary. Uh, and, and so he gave me my first opportunity in 2012. I did a couple of games in 2013 by 2014. Um, you know, I had been again, doing all the social media stuff for the Hawks and whatnot. And, uh, this position had become open and they reached out to me and, and they said, listen, we, we love the work that you're doing with the Hawks. We love your soccer stuff. We would love for this opportunity for you to, to come on board and, and, and do this for the league and help the league out. Um, and and I've been doing it ever since. And uh, as much as I love interacting with people online, and as much as I like doing, you know, all of the the promotional work, and and I've I do a lot of the artwork that you see on there because yay Photoshop. Um, but I also um, I also do. I mean, I I finally gotten the opportunity to to do commentary, to do play by play, and uh, you know I've done each of the last uh, six nationals. Uh, I've gotten the chance to do the International Cup in Australia. I did a couple of parallel cups against Canada back in 2015, uh, or did the one parallel cup. It's it, it's my mo- it's the most fun part of the job because I get to tell the story as it's happening. Nice. I feel like um, I've been doing that ultra helpful thing when you're podcasting because I've been smiling pretty big and I've been <laughs> nodding right along with you. Um, but I mean, obviously, no one else can see or hear that. Um, and I feel like we have very similar like inclusive personalities. So I really right. like appreciate that side of you. And, and I also really loved that interview you did of Bill Roberts. Was that in your first episode of Marks and Stripes? Yeah, that was, it was my with first, him and Rosie. Yeah. yeah, that was my first episode. Yeah, Bill. Yeah. Bill's done a lot of work, and 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 you know what he he said to me, you know, I that that he he the goal of stateside footy was because there was no there was nothing being done like that at the time. The the USAFL wasn't streaming. We weren't recording matches. So the idea was is to try and raise the game because he's a. a you know, he, he, you think of me as being a nerd about the sport. I think he's a bigger nerd than I am. I mean, he's <laughs> super into the Geelong cats and, and really just, just was one of the first people to get on board, you know, the 10 years ago to, to, to make sure that this came to a wider audience. And so I'm, I'm forever thankful for him for, to, to give me that platform from which I, I've got to do something that I always wanted to do. I feel like these are my people. I love like hearing about, um, but also I'm just realizing that you've basically never had time, <laughs> like, or free time, I mean, to do like, you know, cause you, you're always so busy, but now I realize it's been this way for some time. 
<laughs> um, and yeah, I was interested about your trips abroad related to footy because you kind of touched on it there, but I know I've seen some exciting photos of you with like Brian Taylor, among others. And if you could kind of talk about that, I think I saw you maybe in the box at Marvel Stadium, yeah. you know, just any stories that you would love to share. So that was my only trip. That's the only time I've ever been overseas, if you can believe it. As much as wow. I've been into, as much as I've been into Aussie rules and as much as I've loved Australia as a country, um, that is the only time I've, I've left the North American continent. And that was to go to, to go to Australia for the 2017 AFL International Cup. It, I, I, you know, I'd been wanting to go to Australia since, since I was, you know, a teenager and, um, it was a very surreal experience, but for all the right reasons. Um, you know, I went to cover the, uh, we had three teams over there. We had the USA Revolution, which was the men's team, the USA Freedom women's team, both participating in the International Cup with, uh, you know, I think we had a total of 26 teams, 18 countries uh, com- competing. Um, wow. And then... Um, there was a second women's team, almost like a, de- a developmental side, a, a reserve side, uh, the USA Liberty, which was going over to play uh, basically just a bunch of the local teams in and around Melbourne. And I went over to cover all all three of those teams. And uh, it was a learning experience in many ways. Firstly, for as long as I'd ever been a fan of the game, I, I'd never had seen a, a game professionally in my entire life. I got to go to six AFL games in three weeks. Amazing. Um, <laughs> and, and my first one was in Geelong. Uh, I saw Geelong in Sydney, and I actually was standing out in the terraces behind uh, the goal. I think it's the Gary Ablett stand is what it's called. Um, and I, and that was my first experience. And I just wow. remember, you know, <laughs> I've been listening and, and watching games for 20 years and I'm, and I'm finally here. Um, the, the best experience I thought was the next day was the opening ceremony. And we got to walk, uh, around the boundary as part of the opening ceremony on the ground of the MCG, um, and that to me, I, I tell people the only time that I've been that I've had that trouble walking that much trouble walking around <laughs> uh, was on my wedding day, uh, you know, just because I was like, I was looking at the stadium and mind you, there was maybe about a thousand people there tops. I mean, it was still an hour and a half before Carlton and Essendon were playing, wow. but I, I just was looking around and I thought, I've always wanted to be at the MCG. I've always wanted to be in a parade of nations, you know, watching the Olympics when I was a kid. And, and here I am. And I just was like, oh, my God, like, I can't I cannot believe I'm here. And um, I mean, the That's whole my trip- favorite place, just the G. It's just my favorite place um, it's, to see a game, it, but a also fun, just. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Uh, the uh, uh, the um, uh, yeah, it's it's really cool. And it. And it it reminded me of Veterans Stadium a little bit in Philadelphia just because of its sheer side and the fact that it's a perfect circle in a sense. But I also now know what a what a the last Rice Krispies at the bottom of the bowl feels like. <laughs> just, just, just because it was so expansive. Um, but um, yeah. Did you walk I, all the way to the top of the G? Because I got lightheaded because I just I just had to do it. So I'm like, I need to go all the way up to like the nosebleeds or whatever. And it's so steep. I mean, and I just needed like to see the view from there. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, I got lightheaded just walking all the way up. <laughs> we didn't go. We didn't go all the way up. We went to. Uh, we we were on. I think the second level or the. I don't think we were on the. Th- I think the third level is the top. I I forget, frankly. But um, no, we actually were in like the 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 AFL club seats, like in that in that section as well. Um, and we were right on on the wing. We were at the perfect height. And what was interesting to me was we had all of these, uh, especially like a lot of the women had never seen a game live either. And, and uh, that the team that year, I want to say about half the team had only started playing uh, Aussie rules in the last two, three years, uh, some even sooner than that. So this was their first professional game. And I remember telling them, you know, uh, this is a great opportunity for you, especially if you're a defender or you're you're on offense, uh, you're a, you're a full forward. Watch what the players do when they don't have the ball, because that's ninety percent of the game. And you know it's much different to watch them than when you're back home in California or whether you're in New York <laughs> and when you're watching the USAFL players do it. So, um, but yeah, um, I'll, I'll tell you about Brian Taylor real quick. Um, yes, so, please. So I one of the you know, we were we were trying to figure out about what we were going to do about broadcasting the games because to me the international cup is the pinnacle of of the of the amateur international uh Aussie rule scene and um i you know the the AFL was was kind enough to go ahead and and broadcast three of the five days uh and, and then the grand final and i put my hand up early and i said listen i do the you know i i broadcaster for the u.s i would love to do it and i'd love to cover the u.s games um kind of a long story short uh, initially they had had me all doing special comments and i've never done that before so i was really nervous about it and then (laughs) i guess as people as volunteers and whatnot started to drop out i ended up basically doing all of the american games except for the first one against canada and i remember going to the ground that day and i was really nervous and and i said you know what I don't know who's going to be listening. I don't know. I'm sure it's just going to be people listening back in the States. My dad's probably going to be listening. Hey, you know, I'm just (laughs) going to have fun with it. So I was paired with these two guys, Brian Mansbridge and Shane Fleming, who were from Swan Hill, which is about four hours up the, up the way. Uh, And they had come down and, and uh, so it's them and just some, some kid from Northeast Philadelphia. And, um, and, and we're, you know, they're like, Oh, Brian, USA and Canada, they, they're, they're a rivalry. Right. I said, yeah, well, they don't like each other. They go together like, like uh, peanut butter and jalapenos. And they started (laughs) laughing and I was like, okay, I think, I think this is good. Um, But of course the one thing that happened was, is uh, Dave Grisiak, the big, strong uh tall forward from the from the dallas uh dingoes laid out one of the canadian dudes just this big booming hit and uh, oh my gosh brian said oh that was a strong tackle and immediately i could think of my brother-in-law playing cards whenever he had a really good hand and so i said well you might say he's stronger than a garlic milkshake and and i heard this like i i i just heard this sound this like wailing laughter from it. and i and i wasn't even trying to be funny i was just like trying to describe what was happening and so we finished the game everybody's like oh this is great and everybody that i worked with over there was was fantastic i get back to the hotel that night and um one of the coaches for the women's team Brian Tyson said to me 
um, are you on Reddit? And I said, no, I'm not on Reddit. And she goes, well, on the AFL Reddit, they're talking about you. So what do you mean they're talking about me? So they sent me a link and they were following, there was maybe about 70 or 80 different people on the Reddit link. And they were just on Reddit, just following along and, you know, commentating, I guess, live, (laughs) just commenting live. And like this American guy needs to work for channel seven. This American guy is stronger than a garlic milkshake. What the, (laughs) and finally, like this went on and I tweeted about it and they said, you know, uh, they said, well, he's the American BT. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm okay, fine. Sure. If you think so. Um, But as it turns out, they were really supportive and I, you know, I did an AMA and all this other stuff. So, uh, you know, Fox Sports picked up on it. Triple M picked up on it. And the next thing I know, they said, well, he's the American BT. We have to get him to talk to the regular BT. So the day of the of the men's grand final, I got to go up into the press box, the Triple M press box. And I got to talk with Brian Taylor and uh, Jim Brayshaw, who's one of my favorites. So uh, Wayne Carey was there. And Oh, um, my God. And, 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 and what was funny was, I said, so, so you're going to stick around and watch the game? I said, well, I got to get the Eddie hat so I can call the women's grand final. So... <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. So wow. yeah, I mean it was a great it was a really surreal experience and but but the thing is and and you know I am glad that that I got a lot of attention but the idea was and 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 thankfully I think a lot of people saw it this way is you know the the idea is to draw to the competition and draw to the American you know to the players and and the, the young men and women who who have really worked for hard who really worked hard over the course of the last two or three years to to get the opportunity to go over there and 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 you know if if talking about garlic milkshakes and saying the kicks were uglier than my 12th grade Spanish teacher will do that then. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel like I need to like queue up these games so that I can just hear your side of things. Cause that would just be, cause I always enjoy like a good personality too, when I'm listening to commentating, cause you know, people can really make it their own. And there are some people who say things a certain way and they can make it more exciting too, you know, right. when, especially like now, if there's going to be no crowds, you know? Right. Well, I, I listened to Rex Hunt. Uh, he was the guy that I listened to the most. Uh, and uh, the, the thing with Rex is Re- Rex, he had his own language. Um, you know, I mean, all the players had these nicknames. I mean, you know, uh, um, it wasn't, uh, you know, Matthew Sylvia for Melbourne was uh, Sylvia's mother. So it's like, he handballs at the Sylvia's mother. He kicks it into the duck, who was Paul Daffy. Paul Daffy, he's the duck, you know, and and uh, he had, you know, he has his own language. And a lot of times you didn't know what was happening. You can only tell by the crowd, like, like, oh, he's, <laughs> he got an involuntary vasectomy. I mean, oh, okay, sure. Um <laughs> And the and the idea wasn't to like copy or or anything what what he was doing or what anybody else was doing. I like puns as as we've as we've established, and I like and I like just just having fun and making people smile and making people laugh and 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 that's what it is. It's just it's all about having fun. And if you can't have fun doing that, then then you shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> I mean, I agree with that a hundred percent. So if you wouldn't mind, just kind of like. Um just, I guess, switching gears. Um, Can you just let everyone know what Marks and Stripes is about so they can check out your pod? Absolutely. So Marks and Stripes is the official podcast of the United States Australian Football League. Um, I 
been very good about having it up weekly for uh, the last few weeks, which is great. Um, and basically, it's just me talking to uh, people from around the league and through uh, the American side of Aussie Rules Football about you know how they got into the game, uh, you know about their individual clubs, about how uh, their sports background, about how, in some cases, some of their personal backgrounds in terms of uh, interests and about their occupation. For example, um, we had uh, Erica Sackey from the Philadelphia Hawks on a couple of weeks ago, who happens to be a, a ER registered nurse uh, at one at a hospital here in Philadelphia. And it was great to kind of get her opinion, not her opinion, but just her, her view of what was happening, like her experience in the ER uh, about, you know, during this during this crisis, their preparedness level, how that translates to how she is as an athlete. Um, the fact that she's been studying medicine, uh, you know, how that relates to her as a player in terms of as well as in terms of uh, how that helps. Uh, you know, training sessions and whatnot, not only for the Hawks, but also for the national team as well, because she's a part of the national program. Um, we've um, uh, done an umpire, Lori Roop, who has umpired games on four different continents, which is insane. Um, you I loved that interview. <laughs> oh, it's You know what, Lori, Lori is the type of person that, you know, umpires get and, and officials get a really just, just, bad rap, I think. And, and Lori and, and a lot of the people in the USAFL umpires association, I think make it accessible because umpiring and um, officiating just in general is not something that people like go, go out of the way for, because again, you're in the middle, you're in the middle of everything. You're, you're, you know, if you mess up, people yell at you, but um, I mean, she does a, such a fantastic job, not only as an umpire, but in, in, uh, uh, just just teaching and she does clinics and you she's very approachable and, and it's it's fantastic that we have somebody like that and again she's not the only one but but she's done a, a, an amazing job since since uh, coming on board but um, you mentioned like I said you mentioned Bill Robert um, and uh, we'll hopefully get some other folks as well that uh, aren't directly connected with the game in the states but who are involved with helping to spread the game internationally. So, uh, uh, yeah. Um, if you don't mind, uh, just how you can find it, we're on, um, we're on the Wooshka, uh, Wooshka.com. Um, and anywhere you get your podcast, iTunes, uh, and, uh, Gmail, not Gmail, but Google. I mean, <laughs> we could Gmail it to you if you wanted. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, like I said, usually every Thursday or Friday, depending on my work schedule. Perfect. And how can listeners support or maybe find a team uh, if they're American or just over in the States, if they're interested in playing or supporting? Absolutely. So our main website is usafl.com. Uh, we put news and all the, I guess, the happenings of the league that come up. There's a lot of really great articles about uh, some of the players that have come through and some of them have gone to Australia as well to play. So we have some great stories there. Uh, if you go to usafl.com slash club list, uh, we have a listing of all 46 clubs. We also have a page there at the top, if um, or a link, if there isn't a team near you, how to 
how to start a team. Uh, and, um, you know, we, like I said, we've had a number of clubs just start up in different places. Uh, we had a, a second team in Denver startup at the end of the year last year, Savannah, Georgia, Hawaii, uh, Salt Lake City as well. Those are some of our newer clubs. Um, uh, so just just some background on how to do that as well. Uh, and then on social media, we're at facebook.com slash USAFL, at Twitter and Instagram at USAFL1997. Um, when this, when everything resumes again, um, I try and stay up and live tweet matches and interact with people uh, on uh, when, when games are on Fox sports too uh, and, uh, and whatnot. So uh, yeah, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, and if you have anybody has any questions, you can reach us through, through our social media channels. Perfect. And when games come back, I'll be right next to you, Brian, and hopefully just like tweeting along with you when we get to watch our games. But thank you so much for being here and for doing this. I really, really loved talking to another American about footy, but really just you especially. So thank you so much. (laughs) Anytime, Rosanna. Thank you so much for having me. 